time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX, the Business Buzz. You could be listening either way. In fact, I heard a bonus program on WBIX this morning, so uh, who knows when I'm on, but I'm on live right now, uh, so... So uh, hopefully you're tuned in. Hopefully you've looked at the Boston Globe this morning. Our our buddy uh, Nicole Wakeland did a, did a nice review there. And I have my column, my weekly column up on the Boston Globe. And, of course, it's at the Providence Journal as well. And if you want to find old programs, you can always find them on my podcast site, which is com uh, or Stitcher or TuneIn or iTunes or my website, which is johnknowscars.net. Either way, you can find all that stuff there if you want to find out. Um, older programs, want to do some research, stuff like that. You can find it all there. Well, speaking of research, you kind of do some checking around and you say, hey, you know, it's time for a minivan. All of a sudden, the choices started to get less and less. But there, there is a new minivan. Well, it's a, it's a new minivan with a little bit older name that is back on the market. And uh, you've probably seen the commercials with Jim Gaffigan. But uh, we don't have Jim with us today, but we have... Um, we have Matt McAleer with us. He's the senior manager of Chrysler Brand for Pacifica. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So uh, can you do a Jim Gaffigan impression or anything? Or? <laughs> I only have two kids, so I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, so uh, the, new, the new Pacifica is, uh, is really an all-new vehicle. If people remember the Pacifica from, uh, in, fact, uh, in fact, my producer has one in the parking lot, an old one. Uh, but uh, people remember the Pacifica. This is not that Pacifica, and it's not the. T- it's not just a rebadged town and country. No, and that's really what we wanted to uh, you know get out to everybody was that this is not just new colors and trims and wheels. This is an all new vehicle from the ground up, and it uh, is really revolutionizing the minivan segment that we invented over thirty years ago. And it was time for a new name. You know, town and country has been a terrific name and a terrific vehicle for us, the highest owner loyalty in the segment for the last fifteen years, but. Uh, there's a new generation of people coming into uh, uh, the familyhood and parenthood, and it was time for a fresh new beginning. And, and like you said, Pacifica was a great vehicle uh, when it came out. It was built off of uh, the old minivan platform, and it was truly the first CUV in the marketplace. It was a game changer. Uh, so we brought it back, and we said, you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's a great name, and it, it fit. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned how long the minivan, when, when was the first Dodge Caravan first out? How long ago was that? Uh, 1984. So that's a long that's a long time ago. So you guys have you guys are solidly entrenched in this market. Uh, we are. You know, we we've, we've brought 78 minivan first to the industry uh, in the first uh, five generations of the vehicle, and with this one alone, we brought 37 more things like uh, um, you know tri-pane panoramic sunroofs, 20-inch wheels on a minivan, a 20-speaker Harman Kardon surround sound system. Uh, power folding third rows, stow and go seating in the second row. Still, the only minivan where you can fold both the second and third row into the floor. So it's truly uh, it's a game changer. And when you get in it, uh, it makes your life easier. All it does is it takes that chaotic uh, parenthood 
and turns day-to-day life into just a lot easier. It takes one less thing to worry about. And I think I think you guys, you know, with the styling of it, you're really trying to get away from the old kind of soccer mom look of a minivan and really trying to, you know, trying to bring that forward. But a lot of people that have, you know, three kids and two dogs and they look around and they, they say, what can I what can I carry my family in? And sometimes they're kind of begrudgingly kind of go towards a minivan. But I think they'll be pleasantly surprised when they go to this and find out it has it has all the creature comforts they ever wanted, and it's pretty cool looking. It is. You know, I, I can speak from personal uh, experience. We've had a, a town and country in our driveway for the last seven years. In fact, my wife still has one in the driveway, and I have a Civic in the driveway. So we are definitely the coolest family on the block. Um, but the kids, <laughs> you know, don't even know what the town and country is anymore. With the Uconnect Theater, they're entertained. We have built-in games and apps in the vehicle. But, you know, it really comes down to the first vehicle I say that I'm as excited to drive as the kids are to ride it. And, you know, before it was always I wanted to take the Durango because it, uh, you know, handled and drove better and the kids wanted the, the town and country. But with the Pacifica, you know, standard active noise cancellation, this thing is so quiet. Uh, it has 20-inch wheels. It has a you know, 20-speaker Harman Kardon surround sound. has, you know, heated, ventilated seats. All the things that you would want from a, a exclusive a top of the line luxury sedan are in this vehicle. It is it is 287 horsepower V6, nine speed transmission, great fuel economy, 20 miles per gallon. It drives like a car, in my opinion. It and, is, uh, doesn't drive like an old minivan. And let's and let's talk about UConnect for for a while. You kind of you kind of glazed over that pretty fast, but uh, that is one of the most tech uh, intensive uh, 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 features on the market today. You know, it is. We have a great Uconnect suite. We have the uh, Uconnect 8.4-inch touchscreen in the uh, front uh, row for the driver and passenger that just makes, you know, interfacing with all the media from the radio to your navigation to uh, using your phone to voice texting. That just makes it intuitive and simple to use. But then, you know, many vans, it's what are you going to do in the second and third row for the passengers? So we have Uconnect theater. Uh, and it was, it was time to reinvent the DVD player in a minivan. You know, how do you take it to the next level? Uh, we do. We have a Blu-ray uh, DVD player that integrates into two 10.1-inch high-definition touchscreens in the second row. But it's, it doesn't end there. We have built-in games and apps. We have uh, you know tic-tac-toe and checkers and uh, hanging fruit and the, the license plate game. But we haven't even have an Are We There Yet app. So if you have a destination programmed into the navigation up front, kind of like a trip tracker on an airplane, the, the kids can watch in the second row and see how long uh, until they get to Grandma's house. Uh, but you've got HDMI inputs in uh, two of them. They can connect their uh, tablets to the screens. They can connect their Xbox. We have uh, Bluetooth touchpad remotes if their uh, fingers can't reach the touchscreen. Uh, we have a 13-speaker Alpine system or the 20-speaker Harman Kardon. It is just uh, simple, intuitive. Plug in your headphones, use the digital headphones, and you have parental controls up front to even monitor uh, what they're watching. But you know, it, and my favorite feature is the USB video input. You no longer have to bring a stack of DVDs or Blu-rays with you. You can put one uh, thumb drive in with six, seven, eight movies on it, and the kids can watch those. Uh, you know, at the same time at different times, it's, it takes it to a new level. Yeah, it really, it really sounds like it does. And you talk about that kind of technology. You know, whatever happened to just you know driving down the road and looking for license plates, out of state <laughs> license plates? Well, we do. We have that game built in, so now you can keep track of which ones you found. <laughs> And and the other thing is, I, I was watching a family get in a car the other day, and they all got in the car, and they all grabbed their tablets, and 
you know, one of the, one of the things is all of a sudden, you know, with multiple tablets, you're using up multiple data plans. Uh, right. Do you guys have Wi-Fi too? We do. We do have uh, a Wi-Fi plan that you can buy on a uh, daily basis, a uh, monthly basis, weekly basis, um, depending on when you want to use it. If it's something you just want to use for that week you're going on vacation, or if you want to extend it and just have it in the vehicle uh, all year round. So if uh, you're taking a family on a two-week trip to the Grand Canyon or something and you don't want to kill your data plan um, from home, you can set up a data plan for this. All the kids can have their tablets going and they can do it that way, right? Correct. Yeah, fantastic systems. And I had a laugh only because of the way I heard it presented, but more people tell me it's the coolest feature in any minivan. You guys happen to have the most powerful vacuum cleaner in your class. Most powerful vacuum cleaner and the longest hose in the segment. It is, uh, you know, if you're going to be second to market with something, you better figure out how to be best with it. And that's exactly what we did. Um, you know, we went out and researched and said, where's the most dirt in a minivan? Where's make the most sense to have a vacuum? And, and intuitively, you'd say it's in the second row where all the kids enter and exit the vehicle. And that's just where it is. So we uh, put the, uh, the minivan right behind the second row seat. So it has a 12-foot retractable hose. Uh, it, we partnered with Rigid, who makes shop vacs. You're probably familiar with mm-hmm. the orange ones at Home Depot. So it's extremely powerful. We even have a 12-foot accessory hose that if you, uh, yeah, you know, the retractable hose will reach every uh, corner of the vehicle. We have a 12-foot retract or accessory hose in the back that you attach to it. And you can do the, the boat, the camper. You can do your uh, spouse's car next to you in the garage. We have attachment tools for it. And it even has a, a convenient little bin in the back. You just uh, pull it out. has a washable filter and a washable dust bin. Throw it in the dishwasher and, and go. And I guess I've got to tell you, I've got one in mine, and uh, you know, I, I've always had a shot back hanging on the garage wall, and I was like, eh, you know what, will I use it? It's terrific. It's just, it's there when you need it uh, for those quick spots. If you're picking somebody up or even uh, getting, you know, if you're like me, I've got the booster seats in the second row, and you'll go to pick up somebody and take them out, and you, you move the booster seat, and you find 15 goldfish and Cheerios underneath the booster seat, and you don't want somebody sitting on them, so you just uh, suck them up real quick and keep on going. It's terrific. Yeah, my uh, my wife babysits for my nephew's kids, and I I was out I was out in the car the other day, and uh, and uh, I moved the booster seat, and sure enough, goldfish. <laughs> They're everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, and I, and I was and I was kind of thinking about this, you know, I was saying, I wish my car had a built-in shop vac, but uh, <laughs> you know, a great feature, and you know, one of the more interesting features is uh, you guys are going to have a, a hybrid version of the Pacifica, right? We do. So later this year, if uh, 28 miles per gallon uh, is not enough for you, we have a uh, uh, the first uh, industry first plug-in hybrid electric minivan coming to market, and it's really it's a game-changing vehicle uh, again uh, that we we're bringing out. It's not uh, just a hybrid; it's a plug-in hybrid. So you can plug this in. You can get 30 miles of electric vehicle only range. So you could foreseeably use this vehicle Monday through Friday. If you look at the studies, most families uh, use a vehicle less than 30 miles a day. Never go to the gas station mm-hmm. during the week. But then the great thing is, is when you want to uh, drive to grandma's house or go to Florida for the weekend or, or the month, uh, it, it turns into a regular hybrid. You can throw the plug away, don't even use it. You have a V6 still under the hood. You have a 17-gallon fuel tank, and you have over 530-mile range. So you use it just like you would a typical minivan, and it, uh, you have no range anxiety. You can keep going anywhere. Uh, one of the best things about it is that uh, the batteries are so large because you do get a 30-mile electric range only that it qualifies for the full $7,500 federal tax rebate. And most people say, ah, you know, well, where are you going to put those batteries if they're so big there's not going to be any cargo room or it's going to take up trunk space or do I lose the seat? It's still seven-passenger seating, 
And because we have those large stow-and-go tubs in the second row where our uh, normal seats fold into the floor, we use those to put the batteries. And it's the optimal space, space for them because it puts them right in the center of the vehicle, low center of gravity, great for vehicle dynamics. And then we're able to put uh, very comfortable, large uh, second-row captain's chairs. So you still have seven-passenger seating. And now, just like every other minivan on the market, if you need to have a full flat load floor and really load it up for uh, moving or putting some building materials in there, you can take that second-row seat and just put it in the garage, and the third-row seat still folds into the floor. Fantastic. And, you know, two other, two other features about having a hybrid. Uh, commuter lanes you get to drive in. And yes. uh, and you and the best parking spaces now are the ones with the charging systems in front of them. So <laughs> they are, and we even have you know great little apps that once you plug it in, you can monitor the charging, see uh, how fast it'll charge. It'll charge as quickly as two hours with a uh, level two charger, or if you just have a one ten in your garage and just want to plug it in like you do your refrigerator, uh, you, it'll charge a full charge in uh, you know fourteen hours. So it'll work either way you have uh, set up in your house. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's a really, really interesting. When I when I heard that that was going to be a an option coming up, I'm like, wow, that that is something that you know people that look at. Well, I want to be you know somewhat kinder to the environment. I want to get better gas mileage. I want to save green both in my pocket and the world. Um, you know, and they look at well, you know, plug in hybrid plug in hybrid minivan uh, is a pretty cool way to go. Yeah, I think for a long time now, people have been having to sacrifice and downsize from their uh, CUVs or minivans into small passenger cars with four passengers, and you know you lose some trunk space. And now we're trying to be the first to market. Says, hey, this is no compromise. You can load this up with seven people and all the luggage you typically take on a vacation, and uh, and do it green. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds like a great idea. And the uh, the new Pacifica is at uh, dealers uh, lots right now. It is. It went on sale in late uh, April, so uh, dealers should have a very good inventory. If not, uh, they can certainly order the vehicle that uh, the customer wants, and uh, the hybrid will be coming out later this year. Yeah. And the ones that are on the lots now, they're 2017s or 16? 2017. 2017. So, uh, so, yeah. so what you're buying right now, even though it's uh, we're solidly right in the middle of the 2016 year, you're buying a 2017 vehicle, So, which at the other end helps when you go to trade it in in a few years if you decide to do that. Absolutely. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us down here in Boston. And uh, really appreciate it and uh, look forward to a little bit of an extended road test in the Pacifica. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. Appreciate All right. having me. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Matt McAleer. And did you hear Did you hear there was a little A at the end? A little Canadian influence at the end, I think. I think we heard. Uh, but uh, 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 good guy. He's the uh, brand manager uh, of a lot of things, including Pacifica. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, maybe we'll talk about the car that got me here today, the all-new Jaguar XE. It's a compact sort of four-door sedan. We'll be right back. Do you dream?
dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800 280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. At City of Boston Credit Union, they believe paying for college shouldn't be as hard as going to college. So they're making it easier with a range of local education financing options designed to meet the needs of students and parents. And because they're member-owned, they treat people how they want to be treated. Like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Visit cityofbostoncu.com to learn more or to apply. Equal opportunity lender. All loans subject to credit approval. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-352-4757. 800-352-4757. That's 800-352-4757. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area and all of these schools, all of them are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor.
Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. Well, I promised I'd talk about the all-new Jaguar XE. It's a four-door sedan that competes with the likes of the 3-4 series BMW, Audi A4, or Cadillac ATS. There's three models and several trim levels. Uh, powertrain choices are a three-liter V6 engine, a two-liter four-cylinder engine, and a two-liter diesel engine. Our test car was the XE35T Prestige, powered by a 3-liter supercharged V6 engine connected to an 8-speed automatic transmission that powers the rear wheels. For those drivers looking for winter weather performance, all-wheel drive is optional. On the road, the Jaguar is a delight to drive. The 340-horsepower V6 engine It's not just a powerhouse. It's both responsive and economical. A trip to 60 miles an hour, I would guess, takes about 5 seconds from my seat-of-the-pants stopwatch. Pretty reasonable fuel economy, too. Driving it in a reasonable manner, I average about 29 miles per gallon, according to the computer display. The eight-speed transmission is nicely matched to the performance of the supercharged engine. When pushed hard, there's kind of a delightful growl coming from the exhaust. I would have actually liked a little more growl, but... The handling rivals any European sports sedan while still retaining a comfortable ride. The electronic power steering still lacks a bit of road feel of some of the competition. The brakes are powerful and easily modulated. Safety is addressed with airbags, traction control, front and rear parking aids, blind spot monitors, reverse traffic detection systems, backup camera, of course, that everybody has now. The interior of this Jaguar is generally quite nice. The front seats are comfortable and supportive with an abundance of headroom. Rear seats are tight, especially when the front seats are pushed all the way back. Headroom can get a bit tight for tall passengers, especially if they're in the back seat. Uh, Fit and finish was quite nice, although some materials are not as upscale as I'd come to expect from some Jaguar models. The seats were comfortable, um, but overall I felt like I was sitting low in this car. I don't know how to describe it. You feel like you're sitting in it, even though you have the seats up all the way. Um, And I think because of that, there was some blind spots. Uh, With the passenger seat at a fairly comfortable angle, the passenger head restraint and the wide um, B-pillar cause a pretty good blind spot off to the side. And then the rear head restraints cause some blind spots to the back. The controls are a bit of a hodgepodge. Some were well-placed. Others, like the window controls, just seemed a bit awkward. They're a little lower than you would expect. There's there's controls for the windows and controls for the mirrors. They're on two different heights in the door. Just seemed awkward. The infotainment system seemed behind the curve compared with other cars. The entire system seemed a bit slow, distracting. And I'll just say it over and over again. It needs some knobs. You, you get in the car, the radio's loud from where it was, and you tri- where do you turn the radio down? Well, on the steering wheel control. It's just, it's awkward. Um, there's a decent-sized glove box, center console, bins for storage. The trunk's good size and should easily accommodate a weekend's worth of luggage. The bottom line, although some may think this latest Jaguar didn't take enough chances with overall style, it is a true competitor in its class with its uh, combination of engines, available all-wheel drive, and superb ride and handling. Uh, the folks at BMW and Audi need to take uh, take notice. This is, It is a pretty nice car. It's got a few little weird things that... I just don't like, and maybe some of it's just me, but uh, but overall, pretty nice car. Uh, seats five, probably better seats four, but it can seat five. Uh, you do need to put premium fuel in it. When I got gas yesterday, premium fuel. Um, EPA, 21 city, 30 on the highway, base price 34.9, as tested 46.6. Annual fuel costs about $1,650. Hasn't been crash tested yet. There is a compact spare. And you would shop it against BMW, Audi, and Cadillac. At least that's what I think. 
With us on the phone is Randy Visentainer. He is the director of autonomous vehicles at Ford. And Randy, good morning and welcome to Boston. It seems like more than 100 years ago, Henry Ford built his cars to make our lives better. Is this the same thing for the near future with autonomous vehicles? Yes, great analogy. Uh, you kind of look back at that and, you, the, you know, it made people's lives easier they could get to work and uh the vehicle autonomy timeline from what i've recently read looks pretty quick what what is a timeline coming up well it's our intent to have a mass-produced uh ride service type autonomous vehicle available in 2021 so this will be sort of a ride sharing ride hailing sort of vehicle correct and, and the level four sa level four which is fully autonomous but in a geofenced area. Okay, so within, say, the city of Boston or something, it could be within that within that uh, geographic area, but not outside of Boston. Yeah, right. Because what one of the requirements that um, our systems have is the need for this very detailed 3D maps, and so um, we need to have those maps and maintain those maps as part of the vehicle localization and it has things of we call the rules of the road for example this is a left turn only lane it's a one-way street this is where the traffic lights are and that kind of information is in those maps is this part of the um mit project that was going on in cambridge that ford was working with yes yeah mit is one of our university partners that we've been working with um, for several years on vehicle autonomy. Now, some manufacturers use just cameras. Some use a combination of LIDAR or radar. Is the Ford system all of that or more or different? We use all three of those. Uh, where we look at is we're leveraging three regions of the electromagnetic spectrum, if you will. We use uh, radio waves with radar, uh, and it has certain advantages and, and up, has certain efficiencies in different environmental conditions. And then we use LIDAR, which is a um, laser equivalent of radar. Instead of a radio wave, it, it's a pulse of um, laser energy in the near IR spectrum. And then we use cameras in the visible light. So we combine or fuse the information from all three of those sensors with this prior map information to create what we call the situational analysis for the vehicle. And then that feeds into... Um, what's going on in its environment, and then um, into a decision model, and then a path planning model. And level four vehicle autonomy assumes no steering wheel, right? Right. Steering wheel's not required because the vehicle is um, fully autonomous. So one of the things we have to do is the things that today the human provides a backup for, we have to provide redundancy in the vehicle. For example, in the steering, if the power assist goes out, the steering can still be manually done by the human. In an autonomous vehicle, if there's no human, maybe even in the vehicle while it's you know, going to pick up a ride, we need to provide that backup in the system. So we have to have redundancy for steering, redundancy for brakes. And do you ever see a point where cars like this will be sold to the public, or will this be more of a uh, ride-sharing type system? Initially, um, because of some of the constraints uh, for the geofencing and the expense of the system, um, the, the business case looks strongest for a ride service. Over time, 
the technology, you know, will come down in cost. I, I see, you know, it as an option. Um, when, one of the things we look at is what we call a dual-use vehicle, one that could be manually driven as well as be able to operate under the right conditions autonomously. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like as you look at different aspects of what's going on in in kind of the community of drivers, uh, the biggest growing part of the population is uh, the baby boomer generation, and those are the ones that they're, they're staying pretty healthy, but they still could possibly use some help at night when it comes to driving, or the person has gone out and had a couple of drinks, and maybe they want to get home safely and don't want to take a chance, so uh, having vehicle autonomy especially in a privately owned vehicle, sounds like it would be a win for everyone. Yeah, and, and the technology that we're using as, it, as we can work on getting the cost down, the, the sensor set provides 360 uh, situational awareness. So it's monitoring the environment real time, 360 degrees around the vehicle, and it's feeding that information into the computer system, that information could also be provided to a driver. And as a human, right, we can really focus on one thing at a time and we have some peripheral vision to help us, you know, something's happening in the field of view. But outside of the field of view, we're not really aware of what's happening. Um, And that's the advantage of these few sensors is they're constantly monitoring the entire environment around the car. And again, the, the timetable for this is in the next few years, right? 2021 is our objective. And uh, so the the day I see a Ford Fusion with no steering wheel going down the road to go pick someone up, that's that's the day it all happens, right? Yeah. may not be a fusion, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but it, it, certainly is, it certainly is an exciting time at Ford. And again, it seems like, uh, you know, looking at this and for someone who probably doesn't like to do anything you know as much as drive there are certain there are times where i don't want to drive at all and the other night driving into boston uh where i had to sit in traffic for 45 minutes uh to get about eight miles it would have been nice not to drive that day and and that's one of the uh, incentives for doing these dual use vehicles there's times when i love to drive but like your example, there's times when I would prefer not to be driving and, and traffic jam situations is those kinds of situations where I'd, I'd prefer not to, but there are times when I really just to enjoy driving the car. So no, that, that, the driving totally. I'm, yeah, that's really it. That's that's. Uh, I think it's all about the the experience and and how it all works. Well, Randy, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your morning and joining us up here in Boston. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll be right back.
Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800-280-3517. That's 800-280-3517. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area and all of these schools, all of them, made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. For more than 50 years, the Conservative Book Club has guided book lovers to the best conservative books and authors of our times. While the mainstream media tends to celebrate only books from the left, the Conservative Book Club has provided a much-needed resource for readers interested in conservative politics and conservative values. The Conservative Book Club remains the guiding light for conservative book lovers today. And in its new digital iteration, the Conservative Book Club welcomes new and old friends alike like to discover the profound pleasure of great conservative books. CBC is a division of Salem Media Group. Membership is free, there is no cost to join, and no minimum book purchase necessary. We're focused on creating an engaging and interactive online community, and we hope that you'll recognize the value in that and you'll join us. See much more about the Conservative Book Club at conservativebookclub.com or on our website at wrolradio.com. Hey, this is Paul Sullivan of Sullivan Tire. Back to school can be an exciting time, but we know it can put a strain on that family budget. That's why we've put every tire on sale. We can give you the absolute best price on any tire. And with our industry certified technicians, you know the job will be done right. You won't find a better place to buy tires in New England, and we will not be beat on price. Come on, you Red Sox. Make the playoffs. Thank you. Now through September. September 3rd, Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is holding our summer clearance event, which means every tire is on sale. Plus, with additional mail-in rebates on several brands, you'll save even more. Remember to stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check and let our team of over 100 ASE-certified master technicians keep your car running right. Visit SullivanTire.com or call 877-592-TIRE. Don't miss our summer tire clearance event now through September 3rd. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor.
welcome back to the Car Doctor program. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. I have no plans from this point on. We have our, we have our interviews done. Uh, no real plans from this point on. Next week, we will be talking uh, with the folks from Fiat about the new Fiat 124. Maybe you didn't have time to buy that Fiat that you always wanted when you were in high school or college or wherever it was. That spider, maybe. Um, well, there's a new Fiat 124, and it's loosely based on a Mazda Miata. I have yet to drive it. I saw it parked next to a Mazda Miata, which I... Okay, it's more than loosely based. It's pretty close. Um, but it's apparently it's about six inches longer. Uh, the interior looks a lot alike. Uh, but they took, out the, they took out the Miata engine, and they put in... Uh, they put in a Fiat engine. They put in the same engine that I believe is in the um, Abart version of the Fiat. So it's a pretty responsive little 150 or 60 horsepower engine. But we're going to learn all about that next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that for next week. Back some time ago, we had a guy on the show by the name of Elo. Mr. One Name Elo, who was from England. And... Um, he called his wife Mummy. Remember that? Well, apparently, um, the Miami Herald in their magazine, uh, which they call Indulge, did a story about him and his magazine. And it shows him lounging around his home. It's a pretty nice home. In fact, he has, he has a, in, in the, at least in the picture, he has a Ferrari. Um, Looks like a Testarossa, sort of sitting in this little area. So I guess when he's when he he's actually he actually has a very shallow section of the pool where he has a table and chairs set up, so you can cool your feet in the pool while you're having a cocktail, staring at your Ferrari. And um, the, the house is kind of that 1960s modern Miami sort of look. But um, I guess he does have 246 cars back home in London and a bunch of cars here. And and um, Mummy isn't at all what I expected. No. She's, she's, much, she's much younger than I expected. But anyway. Uh, our phone number again, 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through if you want to. Give us a call, talk about your car, your car problems, whatever's on your mind. Maybe we can look up a technical service bulletin, maybe a recall, something like that. We can look and see what's out there. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has revealed plans for a compact crossover called the Model Y. He hasn't built the Model 3 yet, but he has plans to build a compact crossover. Uh, based on the electric vehicle's upcoming Model 3 vehicle, the Model Y is expected to be positioned below the new Model X crossover, which I've actually only seen one of so far. Um, that's the one with the gullwing doors. It's sort of a hatchback crossover. Honestly, it reminds me of a Pontiac Aztec. Um, but um, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Uh, after the Model Three debuts in late 2017 or 18, uh, during Tesla's uh, earnings call this week, the priority vehicle development after the Model Three would be a Model Y, a compact SUV, because that's a car that we would expect to see in demand in the 500,000 to 1 million unit per year level. 
When Musk laid out his second master plan for Tesla last month, he also cited plans to develop a minivan based on the Model X. Musk referred to the future model as a bus, minibus, space bus. Well, good for him. There's a new generation Lexus LS that is um, being toned down a bit, I guess, uh, the uh, one at the auto show that I uh, saw, or I think it was at the Tokyo Auto Show, was pretty dramatic looking. The new one, not quite as dramatic looking, but it still looks like a pretty interesting car. So we'll have to find out what that is all about when that comes up in the future. We haven't, in fact, we haven't talked to the folks from Toyota in quite a while. We'll have to see what they're up to these days. And uh, Mercedes-Benz plans an EV sub-brand. By the end of the decade, Mercedes-Benz says it uh, wants to co-brand for electric vehicles starting with two SUVs and two sedans. Uh, the sub-brand, which has not been named, will adopt a distinct design character to set the EV apart. Mercedes said in June it would unveil an EV at the Paris Auto Show sometime, probably next month. SUV capable of driving about 300 miles on a single charge. The German automaker had previously stuck to putting batteries in electric motors and existing models. A cheaper solution than rival uh, BMW's investment in carbon fiber is a futuristic design with its I sub-brand, and they say that will help them a lot. We'll have to wait and see where all this electric stuff is going. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Tom. Hey, Tom. Hi, good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, are you at home? No, no, I'm in the station today. Okay. I, 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 I didn't do well at home the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. The first week... I don't know what happened, but that, that week I ended up doing the program mostly on my cell phone, which was, I uh, can't wait till work gets the bill on that one, and, <laughs> and probably hands it right to me afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, then uh, last week, uh, it, it sounded pretty good, other than um, the phone calls didn't sound so good, so... But we're, you know, it's, it, you know, we've, I, it's funny, I found, uh, I, I was cleaning out a drawer the other day, and I found a, a cassette tape that I did with, um, I used to do a program, one of the first programs I ever did was up at a little radio station up in Nashua, New Hampshire, WMVU up in Nashua, uh -huh. and it was a, um, it was a, a little 1,000 watt station, it was, I think it was 900 AM, 1,000 watt station, 900 AM, and it was just during the daytime, it went off the air at night, and myself and uh, a co-worker of mine, Dave Juvet, who was a public affairs uh, director for AAA at the time, he would come in and do it with me. And I was kind of listening to it, and I said, Jeez, I, I, I wished it in the 20-some-odd years I've been doing this. I actually sounded better at it, but I sounded yeah, I sounded about the same 20 years ago as I do now. <laughs> so there's been no improvement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, which is sort of sad, I guess. You would think I'd get better at this after no, no, time. No, no, you're supposed to be consistent. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, well, consistently <laughs> average, I guess. So I was talking to uh, a gentleman that owns uh, the FM channel, uh, 95.9 FM, here in Marshfield. Oh, yeah, yep. Uh, Mr. Perry. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about radio days, and I went to a technical high school in Boston. I went to Don Bosco. Okay. And we used to have our own radio station there. Yep. But we had a whopping five watts of power. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he got right out to the parking lot. But yeah. we kind of tweaked it so we get a little bit further, you know. It was kind of cool. It was interesting back in the days when they had, you know, tubes. 
you know? Yeah, no, I, in fact, most, you know, there's a lot of schools today that still do. I mean, when I ride through the South Shore, and usually the AM side, they're way down, you know, they're way down the end of the band somewhere, or they're on the FM, they're way down the end of the band, like 88.1 or yep. something like that. And uh, still Rockland Public School has a, has okay. a uh, little radio station. Stonehill College still has a radio station. Uh, and they, they run on this low F, FM band, which is, you know, 5 or 10 watts or something. In fact, there's some talk that WROL is going to be getting an FM subcarrier, I guess, where it, there'll be some FM signal that uh, WROL will be on. Oh. Yeah. Interesting how they can do that. Go back and forth. And I, like yeah, that. I, it, you know, I, 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 I know what I do here and a little bit on the other side of the console, but not so much. So well, I'll, I'll stop last, right here. After the last two weeks, I was going to say, take a ride. First of all, call Junior up and tell him you're coming down. Yeah, put the coffee on and do it out of his house. Yeah, well, you know, it's it, the the problem is it's not it's not my side. The problem is the connection at this side for some reason because oh. I I went out. You know the. You know, this is probably stuff that people don't want to hear, but um, years ago I went out and bought something called a Comrex Blue Box, and at the time it was probably the most efficient way to send a program back to the studio, and it's still being used today, and I still use it periodically for some other things. Okay. And, and I think the first one I bought, I bought used from a guy who, uh, he's, uh, he's probably the most... He's on more stations than anybody else that no one's ever heard of. The okay. guy's name is uh, the guy's name is Doug Steffen. He's uh, he he does a lot of different programs. In fact, he does something called American Farm Family. Uh, he's got all these stations, and you ask people, and most people have never heard of him. But he's he's on a million different radio stations, all different kinds of times, and he owns a farm out in Framingham. And I went out there and bought a used piece of equipment from him, and it worked pretty well. But then the company came out, this Comrex company came out with a new piece, and they were offering a $1,000 trade-in towards their new piece of equipment. Oh, okay. But you got to keep the old one. Uh-huh. So they just gave you $1,000 off because you were already a customer. So I said, well, I'll spend 2500 and then I'll get $1,000 back. So I'm only spending 1500 and then I'll sell the the old one for Six or seven hundred, sure. so it's really only going to cost me seven or eight hundred dollars. And so I use, uh, in my mind, it made sense. In my wife's mind, it didn't make as much sense. But, um, <laughs> but so I went out and bought this, and it, and it worked. And it worked. I used it for a long time. Well, then, you know, phone lines being what they are, there isn't as good of phone lines anymore. So then they come up with this equipment you can use over the internet. So I went out and bought the latest, greatest piece of equipment that plugs into the internet. I made sure I had pretty fast internet at my house, so I'm all set to go. But there's um, there's been there's been a couple little problems here at the radio station, so it didn't work out perfectly. But the we we have a great engineer on staff here now, so he's tweaking it. He's tweaking it still, so the phone calls will be working the way they should. And Good. and and you know it's. I, I love coming into the station because there's a different feel when you're at the radio station, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's always uh, but you know it's it's it'd be nice to actually start my day at ten o'clock in the morning instead of by the time I get back home, you know it's eleven. So sure. you know it'd be nice to actually start a little bit earlier, but you know but it's, it's all fine. I got to tell you about my experience a year ago. I'm probably a little late getting to you, letting you know about this stuff. See all the commercials on TV about. Save four hundred dollars on your car insurance, mm-hmm. and you see them all day long. And I says, you know what? I'm medically retired. 
uh, while I'm watching Dancing with the Stars, I'm going to start calling, you know... Uh, I'm more bothered that you're watching Dancing with the Stars, but... <laughs> on my DVR now, but oh, okay. I get to watch it on my terms, you know? So I call the 1-800-WHO-CARES number, and I start telling them, and I have my uh, sheet, you know, with the yep. insurance on yep. there, you know, your, your liabilities and everything else. And I went from, uh, for two vehicles... I went from just under it was eleven eighty mm-hmm. for two years. I'm sorry for one year for yep. two cars. And I called uh, an insurance company, Allstate, and I says, uh, "Here's what I have for liability: hundred, three hundred, personal property, you know, two hundred thousand, all these other different things." I says, "How much is my premium would be?" They said six hundred. I said, "No, for the whole year." They said six hundred. So I had that stupid look on my face, and mm-hmm. it was like six hundred. I'm paying eleven eighty something right now, and I said, "Are you sure?" I says, "Can I just scan this or fax it to you so we're comparing apples with apples?" Or send me what you have there, mm-hmm. and it was the exact same thing. So I called uh, Amika later on to say, "Listen, I'm changing insurance companies." They said, "Oh, be careful! You're not going to get the customer service that you get from us. We're rated like number one for customer service." I says, "For five hundred and some odd dollars difference." It was that mm. much. Now, it was that was, much, huh? Yeah, it was last year. This year, they went up. They went up 10%. So mm-hmm. It's up to 660 now. Wow. Yeah. It's like, and I said to them, of course, Tom being Tom, is well, come on, the cars are older. How come I have to pay more? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, just let them know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm still not arguing with them because I still save money. You're still saving money. money, yeah. But it took that full letter word. It took a little bit of work. Uh, it took a little over an hour calling different companies. Yeah. And keeping track of, you know, this one here, this one here. Then you get a little saturated, so you take a break and say, I'll get back to another day. But you could save yourself some serious money by making phone calls. Because remember the old days, all insurance companies was one size fits all. Yep, it was one size fits all. Everybody had the same price. Welcome to Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. And there is a difference. So I didn't believe it, but it made a believer out of me by making the phone calls. And a lot of people have been able to save anywhere from 200 and some odd dollars. Uh, one friend of mine, uh, they were able to save over $900. They, I forget what insurance company, and they end up going to safety. And they saved over $900. And it's like, and they kept with the same uh, agent. I felt like saying, why didn't that agent see that before and change companies for you? But again, just to the listening audience, check your auto insurance. You know, compare apples with apples, and sometimes you can save some money. It's a great deal. Mm. No, it really it does. It always makes sense to shop around on that stuff, and even on some even on some things. I was talking to somebody the other day who. Um, uh, it was about, you know, in Rhode Island, if you're over 55 years old and you take one of our AAA driver programs, yeah. you save, you can save anywhere up to maybe 10% on your car insurance. And we offer the programs for free in Rhode Island, and, and people take them all the time. In fact, we're usually, we usually can't accommodate the number of people who take them. And yeah. this one woman said to me, I don't know if I'm going to bother taking it because I'm only going to save about... $60 a year on my car insurance. Okay. And I said to her, and she, and she said, well, how long does it take to take the course? And I said, well, it's two, two, three-hour days. So you come in on a Saturday at 9.30, you stay till 12.30, and you do that twice, and it's good for two years. And she's like, 
Oh, she said, I'm only going to save $60, $60 a year. I said, well, you're going to save 120 over two years. Right. And she said, I don't know if that's worth the trouble. And I said, well, suppose you were walking down the street every four months and there was a $20 bill sitting on the ground. Would you pick it up? And she said, well, yeah, of course I'd pick it up. I said, well, three months later, you were walking down the street and there was another $20 bill. Would you pick it up? And she said, yeah. I said, at the third month, at the third you know, a year later, yeah. I said, would you be looking for the $20 bill? And she said, well, yeah. You know, if there was, if it was there twice, why wouldn't it be there the third time? Sure. I said, so why wouldn't you go and pick it up? And she said, oh, that's an interesting way to think. Yeah, why wouldn't I want to save $120 over two years? I said, and that just happens to be, it must be just the way that you're insured. But um, but some people can save 100 or even more. And, you know, you just take the course. And, and you can even, there's, there's even an online version now that costs, I think, 20 bucks or something. But, um, but yeah, Massachusetts, we haven't off, we haven't. We haven't had that option yet. The only discount you can get in Massachusetts if you go through, like, uh, in-control advanced driver training, the, the that school, you can actually save some money for about five years. But Well, that's nice. Yeah, but I mean, that's about way, the only one. Another way of looking at that is, like, okay, so you had to use, you had to invest six hours, and you save 120 Well, that's $20 an hour you're getting paid, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that's, after taxes. So yeah. how much money would you have to earn? You have to get paid like $28 an hour in order to take home the 20 Right. Right. So no. Science stuff. And what else are you doing with your life? You're just sitting around drinking coffee anyway. Yeah, you, you, you know, uh, you know, I I did a course like this in Massachusetts, and there, and we gave we gave out an award to the oldest person in the class, and uh, this uh, this woman raised her hand, and I think she was in her late eighties, and um, and then this other guy who was in the class must have gone to the bathroom and he came back, and he said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, we gave out a." coffee cup. It was down at the Dennis police station. He said, we gave out a coffee cup to the oldest person in the class. And he looks and he goes, oh, there's somebody older than 92. And I said, uh, oh, no, she was actually like 89. And he goes, oh, I'm 92. So the cop, uh, uh, Sully, who's the uh, deputy chief now, actually, I think found another cop, rustled up another coffee cup and gave it to him. And um, and yeah, but that's how he got that coffee cup. He had to go to his desk, go to the water fountain, right? Wash it out, wash it out, and bring it back. <laughs> but but the but the story is that the you know these people just went there for a little education. Yeah. But the story is the ninety two year old took the eighty nine year old out for lunch afterwards. Oh, hot ticket! So there was you know there was you know, there was a love connection that happened. So you never know. You go spend six hours of your life. You might you might be in a new relationship when you're done. And one quick quick question sure. I have: the main reason why I called besides the insurance. On your uh, fluid levels, yep. When you check your transmission fluid, is there any damage if you go a little bit above the line, or is there a little bit below the line? How sensitive are those marks on that dipstick that goes into the transmission fluid if you have one? I, the same I, thing with the oil. Yeah, I like to be. If I had to pick anything, I'd be slightly below rather than slightly above, because the fluid as it heats up will tend to expand. Okay. And you have to be, you know, today's cars, that's why they have that safe range in there. And a lot of the dipsticks is kind of a hash mark. It says safe. Right. Because they don't want you to overfill. That's the, that's, that can be a problem. So now, just a smidge over the line is going to hurt anything. No, but if it was half a quart over the line, it puts a little extra pressure on seals. Because transmission is basically a 
Closed shop. It's a, yeah, it's a closed shop. Uh, you know, high, you know, fairly high pressure pump system. And when transmission fluid gets over full, the gears can actually cause the fluid to foam. So that's what you want to avoid doing in a transmission because once the fluid gets foamy, then you don't get good uh, clutch application. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Hey, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Bye bye. Now, let's go over to line three to Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning, John Paul. Oh. What, uh, I had a question on a 2007 Mercury Mariner. This car's been sitting for like three years, right? And it's yep. a V6 engine. Yep. And the engine was replaced at 30,000 miles, and it's got 119 on it now. And I'm curious, is there a problem with those V6s with the Fords, the 2007 Mercury Mariners? Yeah. Yeah, there was. They they actually had a lot of problem. um I don't want to say a lot of problems. They had they had some problems with them that that um, the they had everything from uh, some camshaft problems where the um, there was there was something to do with the camshaft driven water pump as I remember and and they would they would break and the, the you could hear you could hear the you could hear like a a pretty solid ticking noise coming from the engine and. Um, that was pretty common in a lot of the three-liter engines, and I'm trying to remember what the fix was. It was something. It was something to do. I don't know if you. I don't know if you had to just change the camshaft caps, but it was there was something. There was something with that that the camshafts would start to rattle around, and uh, and there was. Uh, there was there was there was some problem, and if you let it go long enough, then all of a sudden you end up with some real problems with with uh, with overheating, and and again it was sort of this it was sort of this real solid ticking sound that would come from the engine. Uh, so this thing's been sitting for how long? You said three years. Yeah. Have you tried to start it? I jumped it. It sounded nice. The engine sounded smooth and quiet. But I was just curious because I said, you know, the owner told me that it would it uh, they changed the engine at thirty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean there, there was the there was the three liter engine, that, and they had you know they also had head gasket problems in some of these too. And the biggest problem with the three liter engine with head gaskets on these, I I don't think Ford put enough head bolts in them. You know there was uh, you know and they you know it seemed like a bunch of these had had head gasket problems, especially the older three liters, but even some of the newer ones still. So you never know what could have happened over the years. I mean, it's not really you think two thousand seven. It's not that old, really. I mean, it is almost ten years old. But you would think you know two engines in ten years is a pretty long time. But but yeah, I know it was camshaft issues because it was an overhead cam engine, and there was some head gasket problems. I think too. Yeah, the uh, I was curious if the tranny, if it would bother the automatic tranny for sitting around for three years. You know what I mean? Um, it didn't. You know, it didn't do it any good. But um, probably the worst that's going to happen is, you know, there may be. You might find that after you start it up, um, you may have some some seal seepage here and there. I would go out and buy um, uh, a bottle of that uh, Lucas transmission additive. Okay. Yeah, what that does is sort of rejuvenates the seals a little bit. I'm not a big I'm not a big additive person, but right. I have seen that stuff, um, especially in uh, transmissions that come out of junkyards. You you put it you put it in you put a junkyard transmission in. Somebody tries to save some money. Next thing you know, it's shifting fine. It's doing everything you should, and and all of a sudden it starts to leak out of the front seal or the rear seal or axle shaft seals. Add that Lucas stuff to it. And 
drive it for another couple weeks, and all of a sudden the seals kind of swell up a little bit, and everything gets better. So I might try. I might try that. I would think that uh, you know, like the for sitting around, you probably what the brakes would have to be resurfaced or something. Uh, at, at a minimum, if not, you might find that the calipers are frozen. Uh, you know, the best thing to do would be at least pull the calipers off, lubricate up the slides, make sure that you know everything looks okay. You could even, you know, if you want, if you didn't want to. You know, send the rotors out, at least knock some of the surface rust off of them with the, you know, even just a little like uh, uh, palm sander sort of thing. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to take any real metal off, just the, just the surface rust off. And the same thing with the rear brakes, just make sure they're working okay. Um, right. I, you know, I'm as much concerned about the three-year-old gas that's in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm amazed that I I threw the bear, you know, I jumped over my truck and yep. thing started right up. I ran it for like 20 minutes. I wow. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you might get real lucky with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a shot in the dark. Yeah. I was, yeah, cause I, didn't, I was trying to figure out what the value would be on the vehicle, you know what I mean? Uh, it's so hard to say. You know, I call the uh, the uh, auto salvage yard, yeah. you know, and like 300 bucks for it. That's it, so. What's, what's wrong with it? I mean, why was it set up uh, for that? It was originally rejected because uh, in uh, the... Both outside tie rods, uh, flex pipe on the exhaust, and control arm. Yeah, basically what was wrong with it originally? You know, it was like fourteen or sixteen hundred in repairs by a Ford dealership. You know, and yep. so they decided not to put the money in it, and they bought another car, a more um, efficient, you know, yeah. car or something. Yeah, cause, I mean, because it would be it would be hard to figure out. You know, with that with that kind of work, all you can kind of do is look and see. You know, see what's similar out there in. You know, go to like car gurus or one of those big websites and look for other 2007 Mariners around and, you know, see what they're going for. You know, you're in that category of, uh, of almost too old a car. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the book value companies, you know, NADA guides would go back probably that far to be able to look up something. But, you know, but you got to think if it starts and stops. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be worth three grand. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, right. Yeah. The when you said the website was the name again, Car Gurus. No, Car Gurus is one place, and that way you can just look up and see what other cars are selling for. And the other one is NADA Guides, which is a which is a um, which you know the the old gold books that every car dealer had in their pocket to try to. It's sort of an online version of that, so you can look yeah. it up. Um, you know, so that you know, that's one way. That's one way to get an idea. But you know, it's it's still always hard because you're looking at you're looking at a um, a car that is just coming on to ten years old. Let's face it; it's you know, 2007, so it's coming on to ten years old. But um, let's let's look real quick and see what it says here. The body um, is really good. You know, the body yeah. is perfect on the outside. It, you know, what I mean, it's like and the interior. You know, shows a little bit of wear, but. Well, you would you would think it you would think it should. Um, any any guess? Is it uh, it's it's a six cylinder, right? Yeah, V six. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And is it four wheel drive or two wheel drive? Four wheel drive. So you know it's got it's got a whole bunch of pluses going for it. How many miles on it? Any idea? It's a uh, well on the uh, new engine. No, just on the body. Oh, one hundred nineteen. Which still isn't a lot of miles, really. So, I mean, the book value of it, you know, if you if you looked at the actual book value, the book value is scary. The book value is, you know, if it was for sale on a on a car dealer's lot with a yeah. warranty, it'd be worth seven grand. Wow. 
you know, as a rough trade-in, you know, all beat up, you bring it into the deal, you're trading it in for something newer, it's still worth 3300 bucks. 3300 Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering there. I mean, my daughter needs a car, but I'm saying, you know, I, there's a lot of ifs and exes and, you know, exes yeah. and what, wondering what mystery stuff. But I'm saying, like, even if I bought it and put the parts in it and then, you know, if I could trade it in at the dealership for yeah. another vehicle, I, I'd be ahead. Yeah, I you know I, like I said I think with uh, you know uh, you know one hundred nineteen thousand miles on a ten year old car isn't a lot of miles, right? You know that's you know that's you know that's pretty average miles. So that's actually pretty good. And like I said, according to this, it says the average trade in value is forty two fifty. The clean trade in value, so one that's you know perfect condition, nothing wrong with it, you know super yeah. clean inside, almost five thousand. But you know wow. the the beat up the beat up trade in value is thirty three hundred bucks. So oh, yeah, so I, I mean I think if you were going to try to sell it on your own, you could easily try to get you know four grand for it. Yeah, because that hundred nineteen whatever there you know ninety thousand yeah. on the replacement engine is is you know if that was no no mileage for the last three years has been sitting right way, so. right that replacement was it a replacement new engine or used? Do you know that I don't know. I should try to ask. The yeah, owner. yeah, but you must know because you know it was replaced. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To me, like he he went for the sticker at the uh, Ford dealership, so I'm thinking the Ford must have replaced it. Yeah, probably. You know, and they could have, and you know, back in if it's been sitting for three years, who knows how long? You know, you, you don't know when he had the engine replaced, do you? Was okay, it just re- at thirty thousand miles? It was replaced. Really? Okay, yeah. so at thirty thousand miles, it was probably under warranty. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that was replaced with a new engine at at thirty thousand. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's only accumulated another ninety thousand miles in you know in in the past you know not a lot of time. You know. So in you know so you got to figure to oh seven eight nine. So in six years maybe it accumulated another ninety thousand miles. No, this thing's. This thing, this thing's got uh, some potential. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think I'm to go for it. Yeah, it's, it's worth uh, at least you know giving it a good look over. Again, it's that sitting for three years. This is one of these cars that you might find that you fix it all up, you get it, you get it where everything seems good, and then you start to drive it, and you find a lot of things start to go wrong with it just because it sat for so long. On right. the other hand, it might be worth just you know cleaning it up, topping off all the fluids, and then go trade it in on something else. Right. Yeah, yeah. The tires are all good on. The yeah. tires look like they're brand new. From yeah. All up. Yeah. Will they get? Would they get like flat spots on the tires? Yep. Yeah. They 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 can not as bad as old tires used to, but they can still get some flat spots in them. And the other thing that can happen is you can get some cracking and checking in them. You know, just yeah, dry rot crack. I, I'm yeah. assuming it's been sitting outside. Yeah, it has. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that doesn't do it any good either. No. But like I said, this might be the perfect car to, you know, buy it, clean it. You know, and then think about trying to just, you know, not even maybe sell it on your own. Just think about trading in. Like I said, if you believe the book value, the book value says a rough trade-in for a 07 Mountaineer four-door, not the not the most up-level, just a mid, mid-trim model. Um, yeah. It's a Mercury Mariner. Uh, Mariner, rather. Mariner. That's, that's what I meant to say. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a 2007 Mercury Mariner. Uh, right. it's, it's called a utility four-door, four-wheel drive, and it says, like I said, rough trade-in, 3350. So, 
Right. It's probably yeah. identical except for the model name, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 No, the Mariner, Mariner's just, well, the Mariner's really just a Ford Escape. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like. yeah. 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 That's all it is. It's really just a, it's a gussied up Ford Escape. Yeah. It's got all the bells and whistles yep. inside. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, uh, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't terrible cars. I mean, it's, but what happened with, what happened with Ford was they, uh, they, you know, they just, you know, what happened with Mercury, mo, you know, Mercury's used to be a little bit special back in the, back in the old days. And now they would just really just rebadge Fords. And, you know, why do you have, why do you have a Mercury Mariner and a, have a Ford Escape when they're basically the same thing? Yeah, it's like yeah. a Park Lane and a Crown Vic. Yeah, same idea. Same, yeah. same sort of idea. You can only, you can only put a bow tie on them so many times, you know. <laughs> you can only put so much lipstick on that, them. That's right. That's right. You can't look at you can't look at it as investment, but I'm kind of looking at it this way. Well, you never, know, you know, if you can buy it right, you know, okay. it might it might work out. Very good. Okay, I appreciate. All that right, take care, Frank. Bye bye now. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Why don't we take another break? Pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, and AM 1260 WBIX, the Business Buzz. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hill School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800 That's 800-280-3517. Looking for incredible zip lining and climbing adventures in the treetops? Come on down to the ICC in Canton and visit Treetop Adventures, Greater Boston's number one zip line and aerial challenge park. There are 10 trails located up in the trees with over 15 zip lines and 100 plus aerial challenges. And they're designed to accommodate everyone from beginner to expert. Fun for everyone. Visit treetopcanton.com to book your treetop adventures today. That's treetopcanton.com. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. 
South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. My wife was just reading the, uh, who's in the studio with us today, who was reading the story from the Miami Herald about Elo. And apparently Elo is his last name, even though he just goes by that. And um, But he has 275 cars in his, uh, in his museum in England, and he has whatever number of cars here. But he bought this um, Miami ranch-style house and closed the carport put sliders on the house so he can overlook his his from his uh, sliders from his bedroom to the carport so when he wakes up in the morning he can see his gullwing mercedes out there i guess i should have taken him up on that offer to come visit with them when i was down in hollywood i wasn't that far away we could have zipped over to zipped over and saw him as long as he didn't say oh why don't you stay for dinner for the three thousand dollars a night for dinner but California is considering a bill that would require quick lube businesses to be registered with the State Bureau of Automotive Repair and recommend factory oil change intervals. They'd be licensed as part of a new, less onerous um, American maintenance automotive maintenance provider category. The bill does contain provisions that would allow more frequent oil change recommendations, provided justification is documented on the repair order. Always, always motorists are free to choose more frequent oil changes. The legislation would save consumers money, but the key reason for the bill is to reduce the amount of waste generated by too frequent oil changes. The bill identifies used oil as one of the largest sources of hazardous waste in California. A fully 40% of that oil is not recycled and ends up in the environment. Automakers uh, currently recommend oil change intervals from 5,000 to 15,000 miles, depending on the vehicle operating conditions and type of oil required, conventional, semi-synthetic, or fully synthetic. Maintenance and repair providers recommend changing oil as frequently as every 3,000 miles, claiming the majority of vehicles' owners drive in the severe service conditions. While this advice may apply to older cars, the owners and maintenance manuals of most newer cars no longer even mention severe service in relation to engine oil change intervals. That's because the majority of modern vehicles are equipped with computerized oil life monitoring systems that continually assess vehicle operating conditions and alert the driver when the oil needs to be changed. Trade organizations re- representing the quick, quick lube industry have stated they believe service intervals are a goal and not a defined target, and shorter change interval recommendations are influenced by severe driving conditions 
In much of California, these groups also point to motorists often skip checking the oil when refueling, a procedure that identifies when oil needs to be added. If this isn't done, the lack of proper maintenance could lead to engine damage. AAA has long advocated that vehicle owners follow the oil change interval and other maintenance operation intervals recommended by vehicle manufacturers. These intervals are designed by manufacturers to provide optimum balance between longevity and cost of maintenance. But I thought it was I thought it was a fairly interesting article because yeah, I was one of those change your oil every three thousand miles or three months, whichever comes first, sort of thing, and. Over time, as oil has gotten better, engines have gotten better, oil filters have gotten better. Um, I just thought, I just thought, yeah, maybe you really don't need to do it quite that often. But cars still burn oil. New cars still burn oil, and it's not unusual in some new cars to use a quart of oil every fifteen hundred miles or so. So if you're going five thousand miles between oil changes, which doesn't sound like much, maybe every five or six months. And if you're using a quart of oil every 1,500, you don't check it. By the time you get to your oil change interval, you only have a couple quarts left. And that's going to cause a lot of increased wear and tear. So do what you want, I guess. Change your oil when you want to. But do you have to do it every 3,000 miles or every three months? Hmm. Can you stretch it a little bit more? Sure you can. But the important part is make sure you check it. Well, who would think that the truck company, GMC, has a rear seat reminder? General Motors is launching an industry first, and it's funny, it's in GMC, which is even, you know, you think about the old GMC, which was trucks. Or people would say Chevrolets with lock washers on the nuts and bolts. Uh, The feature was designed primarily to remind parents to check and see if they left their kids in the back seat. Uh, but it also could prove helpful for drivers carry passengers or valuables in that section of the car. The rear seat reminder does not actually detect passengers or objects in the back seat. Instead, it monitors if either rear door is open within 10 minutes of um, of the engine start. So, in other words, if you're putting something in the back seat, you open the door, you close it, and then within 10 minutes start the car. And then when you get out, it, it gives you a little tone to let you know, hey, look, look in the back seat. And it's funny, it's, some of the recommendations are even weirder. It's like, put your cell phone in the back seat with your kid, because you might remember your cell phone when you forget your kid. Really? Yep, that's what they say. That's one, of the, that's one of the helpful tips. Well, one of our listeners alerted us to the fact that he thought Hyundai was going out of business. Because he was looking at a Hyundai Equus, or, and uh, he said, we couldn't, couldn't find any. I think it was an Equus. might have been a Genesis. But Hyundai is changing. Hyundai is coming out with a luxury brand, and it's called Genesis. So where the Genesis and the Equus barely said Hyundai anywhere on the car, sort of had an H and didn't say anything else, um, Hyundai spent more than a decade deciding whether to follow competitors such as Honda, Toyota, and Nissan in carving out a separate luxury division. And it finally gave the go-ahead last year and plans to offer a lineup of six vehicles in the U.S. by 2020 uh, through the existing Hyundai retail channels, at least for now. The G70, a compact sports sedan, is aimed squarely at BMW's 3 Series. A G80, formerly known as the Hyundai Genesis, gets only some new badging for 2017. The, the uh, 3.8-liter V6 remains the base engine. A 5-liter V8 is the optional engine. 
Uh, the G90, a breaking ground, is Genesis Division first new model. This uh, redesigned large sedan was Hyundai's Equus in a former life. The 2017 model, which arrives this year, comes with a new 3.3-liter twin-turbo V6 as a base engine, a 5-liter V8 as your optional power plant. Eight-speed automatic transmission and rear-wheel driver standard with all-wheel drive off as an option. Uh, there is a promised mid-size crossover, uh, sort of a mid-size largest model with room for up to seven passengers. Expected to debut first, likely in 2018 as a 2019 model year. It'll likely include a variety of weird engine sizes. A two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder, a twin-turbocharged V6, and a plug-in hybrid. And by weird, I mean you wouldn't expect a mid-size, um, a mid-size vehicle like that to have a two-liter turbo, but they can do it with the Ford Escape. And then there's a compact crossover that they expect will go on sale. It'll be similar to a BMW X3 or Mercedes GLC, and it'll uh, be sometime after the mid-size model. So uh, a lot of new things coming from coming from Hyundai, and it's going to be the Genesis. Well, I read right now that sales are off a little bit, and it might be time to go buy a new car, and there's some, possibly some great deals out there with cash back and incentives. And I was looking, and I saw some. If you were going out to buy a Dodge Challenger or Dodge Dart or Dodge Journey, you could maybe get up to a $3,500 rebate. Uh, Ford Motor Company is offering some anywhere from, I guess if you were looking at any car, it would be worth checking it out. Uh, anywhere from 500 a couple thousand dollars, depending on what you're looking for. General Motors is offering not cash back, but they're offering some pretty low incentives for uh, interest rates. So if you were shopping. Honda, uh, anywhere from under 1% in some of their vehicles. So if you were going to go buy the, uh, say, an Acura MDX, you could finance it with um, through Honda uh, financing at anywhere from 1.9 to 2.9% financing. So worth taking a look at. If you were going out and shopping for a Volkswagen, there are some deals, $1,500,000. I kind of like Volkswagen hasn't given up. Look at the commercials with all everything that's going on with the diesel engines. And at some point, I want to have somebody on the program to really explain what's going to happen with Volkswagen, the diesel. Are they just going to give you a check for $5,000 and you get to keep the car? Are you going to go trade your car in and then they put $5,000 on top of it? Um, You have to get it fixed. If you have a car that's polluting, but you like its performance and fuel economy, what's going to happen? You have to get it fixed when you go in to get a state inspection. There's no way to know whether the car has been repaired or not. But are they going to start requiring that they put in the vehicle identification number to see if that car has been repaired or not? I don't know. Be interesting. You know, I need, I need somebody to explain it to me a little bit. See what makes the most sense. So who knows what's going to happen? And I'm going to say our buddy, although we haven't talked to him in quite a while, since uh, his Saab dealership, I think. But Ray Sicola, who's just kind of a quirky car dealer here on the South Shore, uh, in Automotive News, they did a story about him because he owns the Porsche dealership now. And he says, uh, most Porsche owners baby their cars. Dealer Ray Sicola decided... 
to appeal to that protective instincts, instinct. service customers at Sokoa's Porsche in Norwell in suburban Boston. I guess Norwell would be suburban Boston. Um, with the same, so what they want to do, you get the same technician all the time. So, sort of like when, if you like, if you like having your hair cut by the same person, if you like going to see the same doctor, this time you get the same technician. Uh, at the, so they get uh, they get to bring the cars in for free tech days when they uh, so they can get to know the person working on the car. They receive a free vehicle inspection. The reason most people go into an independent repair facility is because they know the tech one-on-one, according to Socolo. They know his first name. They have a personal relationship with them. So we're trying to establish that same thing. It's one more thing to discourage them from going outside. Uh, Having a vehicle owner talk to the technician instead of just to the service advisor um, at visits also helps breed customer loyalty. Socolo said establishing a relationship with the customer also helps the technician get invested in the car on which he's working on because you get to know the person you get to know how they want to treat their car and whether it's a a Porsche or a Ford Focus it's still a good idea to know what people think of their car some people love their cars some people think of them as basic appliances just fix it so it runs so Cole who owns a a seven store village automotive group in the Boston area opened a six million dollar Porsche store in 2015 after deciding to separate Porsche Audi dealerships into two standalone operations. The aim is to develop concierge service approach and improve revenue and profit. The payoff? The new store and service uh, strategies are starting to pay off so far in 2016. Porsche Norwell's service revenue, gross profit, and numbers of repair orders have gone up around 20%. It's all good. It's, it's nice to see in a national publication a local guy. So, I kind of like that. And I met, I've met Ray a couple times. He used to own, um, I, he bought the old Charles River Saab. Maybe wasn't the best investment, <laughs> but I think he still owns all the parts. So he's probably doing just fine with that. But, um, but I, I, uh, I used to run into him at the uh, Boston Auto Show, went over and always said hello. He's always very, very cordial guy, nice guy to talk to. I bumped into him in New York one time at one of the, one of the, um, auto show after parties and just just a nice guy and this is something that I should never do and that's read a story I haven't read a story in the radio I haven't read yet but and it sort of comes out from I mentioned in a column last week about the Yugo and the Yugo when it came out was thirty nine ninety five. so there's an article in, again, Automotive News, and it says it has tiny 13-inch tires. Powers comes from a motorcycle-type engine of 800 cc's. It's a three-cylinder engine. There's just one airbag, a gray woven mat instead of carpet, an unremarkable gray plastic interior. The suppliers, engineers, and other auto executives at the Center for Automotive Research briefing seminars here kicked its tires all week. Look, it's John Costello. He snuck in behind me. Uh, the industry thought uh, thought leaders in Traverse City got a chance to see up and close uh, just what goes into this ultra inexpensive vehicles developed for emerging markets. The answer, a lot less than what they thought, apparently. The Ready Go is priced in India between $3,500 and $4,200. And as planned by Nissan engineers, uh, they, they said this, this, it's a... 
They call it a Datsun in India. And apparently it's a $3,900 car. And they uh, use a what they call a frugal engineering process, including engine seats and cockpit. And uh, I don't know. It's I, th- I still think I still think there is a need for an inexpensive car. Hey, we need to take a quick break. I didn't realize it was getting so late. I was wondering where Paul Sullivan was. He turned into John Costello. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-352-4757. 800-352-4757. That's 800-352-4757. Do you dread the car buying experience? Would you like to save time, money, eliminate stress, and positively know you got the best deal possible? Welcome to the ultimate buyer experience from the professionals at the Car Consultancy. With over 20 years of car buying know-how, Ira and his team will create a great car buying experience for you by negotiating and handling all of the details from start to finish. For more information, go to thecarconsultancy.com or call 800 That's 800-280-3517. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Well, I'm a little disappointed. Because Paul Sullivan's not here. Don't be. I'm here. Well, but Johnny, the rooster Costello, is here. But, I mean, not not that I don't love to see John, too. But I, I expected to see Dr. Paul Sullivan today because he actually completed his doctorate's degree. I made up a plaque for him. It says presented to Paul Sully Sullivan in recognition of completing advanced studies in education. From now on, please refer to Paul Sullivan as Dr. Paul Sullivan. And under it, it says Ph.D., but it also says P-H-I-N-I-S-H-E-D. So sort of finished because he's finally finished with his Ph.D., 
So I'm going to leave it in the studio. He'll see it next time he's here. Everybody's, everybody can refer to him now as Dr. Paul Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, well, you're a doctor, too. Oh, well, yeah. Grab, turn, turn, uh, grab that microphone for a second there. Now oh, that one there. That's a good one. Let's see. This is a good one. That's a good one. That right? one works. Is this a good hey, one? Hey, so what do you got going on? You're filling in for, you're filling filling in in for, for Dr. The, Sullivan. For the new doctor, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm anticipating a lot of calls saying, where's the doctor? Yeah, you and know. Said, he just stepped out of the building because you're yeah. the car doctor. Yeah. So what do you so what do you got going on for the Irish Hit Parade audience today? Only the best for Paul. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna play yeah. all the classics. All the classics. All the sing alongs. You know, we're gonna have a big old fashioned sing song today. Everybody's gonna know every word to every song today. Did you bring beer? I cannot say that, Paul. <laughs> I cannot say that. Paul Sullivan, I did not bring beer in the studio. All right. All right, good. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here because uh, Johnny Costello's in here doing, uh, well, double duties here. He's here today. He's here tomorrow. He's a, he never stops working. I never stop. And I'm in uniform. And I'm he's in uniform. i to deliver the nation's mail when I'm done here. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I got to get out of here. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.